0: Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. Today's episode will cover chapters 9 and 10 of The Eye of the World, Tellings of the Wheel, and Leave Taking. Enjoy! Enjoy! All right, welcome to episode six. Um, This week we got two chapters. So last week we did three. We'll just do two this week. And from time to time, we're going to do three chapters just so we can keep a pace going. um, uh, So it doesn't take us uh, a lifetime to get through this series. It is a big series. So. (laughs) if we did like one chapter at a time i think it would take 20 years or something like that to get through this thing we we might be dead or something or, or you know our lives would change There's, i don't know if we could do this that long um so just quickly um things uh from last time uh before we get in i uh, just kind of for a personal note i know we talked about last time that i was going to go see a rocket launch for my kid's birthday and um uh a, Uh, unfortunately, we drove all the way up there um, and hung out for hours waiting for this rocket launch to happen. With three minutes left to go to the countdown, they aborted uh, for, I think they said a computer anomaly. So the rocket did not go off. I think it actually went off later this week, but obviously I was working and was not going to drive all the way uh, a couple hours uh, for that, so, uh, son was a little disappointed, but I think he still had a fun day out of it. So uh, we got to see some some like uh, some rockets that were not launching, you know, because it's like a museum out there too. So they got to see some yeah life size rockets that just were stable, <laughs> just just stationary on the ground. Um, Anything's kind of cool. Yeah, it's still kind of cool. So you still have to like touch a rocket and look at one. So you know they're still there. Into well, it yeah.
1: exactly. Um, anything else new with you guys? Anything going on? So I don't know how we haven't talked about this yet, Alan, uh, probably because it was so chaotic, but the storm that kept those from launching the day before, if you remember when it came through uh, up there in Maryland, it got ridiculous. And so I I woke up at eight in the morning uh, already kind of late uh, to go to work and it was downpouring and in the boat, I'm like, "Um, I'm going to wait for this to pass and just go into work late. Well, not even an hour later, the wind was blowing like 70 miles an hour at the marina. And then I heard another boat break free, uh, peaked out and it was just sliding down the marina and tapping into all the boats as it went down. So myself and one of the other guys hopped out, uh, one of the other little boards and we started securing boats and whatnot. And so I went back on the boat, just texted my boss. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to work today. So I took last Friday off, <laughs> but yeah, that, that storm was ridiculous. It was, <laughs> it was fun. Wow.
0: Um, yeah, gr- growing up on the water, definitely seeing boats break loose. And uh, you know, Ian and I, and Chris, you you live in the same area too. But you know, I've been through hurricanes and things like that. Uh, we live in Virginia. Uh, hurricanes mm-hmm. have come through before. And and when boats break loose, it's it's comical and scary at the same time. Because uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> we we were laughing as we were trying to tie it back up. And I mean, the wind was still nuking at that time, but we couldn't just let it you know slosh around in there and bust up everybody's boat. So it was fun. So I got an
0: a, a little little side note. Just because I think it's a funny story. Um, and then uh, I like Chris talk, but um, so I have a friend of mine that was restoring a sailboat, um, up the James River, which is runs alongside Newport News, where we're all from, uh, in Virginia. And I think it was Irene Hurricane Irene. which wasn't a full hurricane when it hit us, but it broke his sailboat loose from his dock. It drifted out of the creek, where's or where, where he kept the boat, to the James River drifted past the bridges, past the modern Merrimack Bridge, which is 664, Interstate 664, and started just making a beeline for the aircraft carrier Pierce Norfolk Naval, ba- Naval Base. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle of a hurricane, um, the the Navy guys apparently tried to hail it a few times. And they couldn't send a, a rib out just because it was too rough. I mean, it's the middle of a hurricane. So they try to hail it with the radio. No one answers. They fire a warning shot no one comes up to look at binoculars and they just let the the security guards have a, uh, have a field day. Um,
1: yes, that's <laughs> awesome. And, uh, did
0: they, did they think it? Yeah, they sunk it, but they were able to drag it up onto the <laughs> boat ramp. Um, so they, they sunk it, but then the Coast Guard came and salvaged it and dried up the boat ramp and they got the uh, serial number off the boat and called up my friend and said, Hey, we got your, we got your boat. Uh, <laughs> and he shows, he shows up to the military base, the Norphy Naval, And, um, and uh, the 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 is full of uh, fifty cow bullets.
1: It's just ripped to shreds. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that, that boat, right.
0: He he did not restore that boat. At that point, he scrapped it. <laughs> That's a wall hanger. At that point, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just take a piece off like, yeah, I don't want it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, anything new with you, Chris?
2: Or. Uh, well, actually, this weekend I'm going to listen to Harry Potter live, so I think I'm pretty excited. It's going to be uh, a live showing of Prisoner of Azkaban. For those that don't know or have not been a part of it, here in Virginia we have a couple of the orchestras that will play music live as you're watching the movie. So, it's going to go do Ooh. that this weekend. That'll be pretty awesome. Uh, and then on another note, you know, we like to challenge our listeners. So, to all of our listeners, if you know anybody in India. How about you get them on board to listening to our podcast? I think it'd be really cool. I have a few friends myself that are, you know, Indian, but uh, as far as their connections to back at home, I don't know how able the people they know would be uh, to listening. But if you know somebody in India that needs something to do while they're walking the streets of uh, Delhi or New Delhi, send them the link to yeah. our
0: podcast. All right. So we got Cam- some good challenge. Yeah, so we have Kansas, North Dakota, and India now. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll give updates if we get listeners from those places. But uh, um, India's a pretty big country. I mean, it's over a billion people now. So uh, if we can just get one, that would be great.
1: Exactly. Before this, you were talking about some new listeners from other countries. It was some mm-hmm. tiny one. What Lux- did we get? Luxembourg. <laughs> Luxembourg. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so we keep Luxembourg listener.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I did. I did. That, that's pretty cool uh, that we have a listener in Luxembourg. Um, that's a very, very small country. Um, so moving on to predictions that we have going on so far. Um, I'm just going to highlight a few of them. There's a lot of predictions out there. Just listen to a previous episode and you can hear a lot of these. I'm just going to highlight a few. I'm going to pick out a little out each week. Uh, of course, we're leaving the Dragon Call Claw and some of those other ones because those have already been seen. So um, now not all of these predictions, of course, are might come true or might not, but... Um, I just kind of want to lay them out. So Ian had a prediction that um, that the uh, uh, that this Tam time traveled and brought Rand <laughs> <laughs> from the past to the future to hide him in a different place in time, and um, and we'll see if, uh, like I said, that might not be to the last book where we find out yeah. whether or not that happened. But that's a prediction. Uh, also, I was drunk. Yeah. Also, Ian said Moraine is up to no good. Um, that was one of his other predictions from last week um that 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 she 's up to something um another thing is Chris predicted that Rand um is either of royal descent or a descent of the dragon has some kind of ties there, so just some interesting theories that are predictions, and it cost us much more, and i don 't have time to go through all of them so um um best place to actually get that join to discord. We talk about them all the time, so <laughs> yeah I was going
2: to say that prediction came straight from discord. I love all the chatter we 've been having. <laughs> Um, I'm Ian and I do not engage as much as we probably could or should. I should say should. Um, but we, we love the conversation. We love being able to jump in whenever we can. We appreciate everybody, you know, giving us another
0: means of communicating.
1: Sure. Yeah. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's been fun, especially today. Today was a lot of activity. We're recording on Thursday. This episode won't come out to the next Wednesday. So sometimes, uh, time wise, people will comment on something and, yeah. You know, it's not new for us. We've we've been talking about it for between ourselves at least for a while. But just to kind way of give the you will weave. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. <laughs> perfect, perfect, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, what was it, uh, Ian's one of Ian's friends. Uh I just had a kid. I guess said uh, I. I texted him separate from from Chris and said that I uh, that he should. What would I, I said? uh you should tell your friend. It's a, uh, it's it's not. The beginning. It's a beginning. <laughs> it's a beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. With the, an italicized a. With the italicized <laughs> a. Yeah. Use air quotes. Um. So. So uh, let's go right into it because I don't want to waste too much more time. So chapter nine. I love this chapter. Um, like I said last week, I was excited about doing this one. Tellings of the wheel. Um, let's get started. The symbol. Um, it's a repeat. I think both this both ch- symbols are repeats this week, but this one's. Now we know what it is. It's the dragon's fang. So it's <laughs> after, so after reading this chapter. Any any um, thoughts about you know why it might be the dragon's fang?
1: Or well, when we uh, saw before, where it was carved on the inn or drawn on the inn, like a uh, I guess a sign of not being welcome or whatever. And then we, we have some instances in this chapter where uh, the towns coming together trying to kick them out. So that that might be something.
0: Sure.
2: You took the words right out of my mouth. I was say like, hey, now we know who and the why the uh why I was drawn in sure. the beginning it's because they want her to leave, like they want lady Marine to get the heck out, so Right.
0: <laughs> and, and, and we'll get to that part of the ch- of the of the chapter, but it doesn't start that way. So it starts with something really strange. So
2: dream Can I just say I was <laughs> super confused when i'm sitting here reading the first like i'm like did i skip a chapter did i miss something what the heck is going on like i about threw the book down and like this makes absolutely no sense because
0: <laughs> I, i'm lost and i'm not normally a lost reader <laughs> sure so this is a little spoiler but dreams will happen they'll do dream sequences in this book so i mean i, I this, you can probably guess this is not a one and done. So I'm sorry if I'm spoiling that too much. So there'll be more dreams, but one thing just to know is that when you when you when you, I guess, are super confused all of a sudden, you're probably in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it starts out, you know, runs in this really strange, strange place. It's dry and barren ground, and and he starts running from from Trollocs and it's like a nightmare. They're chasing them. Um, and it, and uh, it comes to like a cliff or a Canyon. And um, I guess my first real question, do you guys, what do you guys think about this whole scene? Do you think this is actually a real place? Or is this just in his head? Or is this like, you know, uh, like a vision, like dream, like, you know, something like that. Like, you know, like some people claim they can have visions of a dream. Or is it like a meaningful dream where it might have meaning, you know, like where it's a symbol or an allegory for something or uh, what are you guys' thoughts? I was going to say, I, it,
2: it, in my opinion, it's got to be a memory of like a past life. Or like, that's where my mind instantly went to. It's either like a memory of a past life or a memory in, like inserted in, in the event that in this book, there's some type of, um, I mean, that's it, past life. It's the memory of a flash away like Quicksilver, when he tried to touch it, but the memory was there. He knew it was there. this was more than just a dream to him it was just so real and so vivid and he you know the the sounds and the feeling and the the way they described how the ground felt and the crunch the sounds like there's so much depth to this dream that it has to be more than a dream that's just my personal takeaway from it
1: sure so i had uh, first of all, Chris, like you, I started reading after the first paragraph, I flipped back real quick to make sure I didn't skip a chapter. Uh, but then it was like, okay, you know, maybe this is some sort of dream sequence or whatever. Um, but it really, I didn't come out with a lot of answers, more questions. Um, they mentioned before, uh, either Lan or, or Daesodai hinted at, uh, Rand's ability to dream and that they might get something from it right but is it is it uh, a warning from the future is he looking ahead to the future I don't know again like you said Chris I even thought it could be uh, him discovering stuff from an ancient past uh, that might still be helpful you know to them on their journey don't really know yet there there wasn't much in this dream that pointed to a future past or presence Uh, but it could also be Uh, you know, I, I got a, I got a hint of like Frodo slipping on the ring and, you know, whenever he made that connection, getting, getting called by, um, whatchamacallit?
2: Shaitan. Yeah,
1: well, Shaitan, Shaitan here. And there was the one part, this is where I really like chimed in, where he talked about, uh, ghostly strings entwined around his heart, pulling him calling him to the spire mountain tears ran down his face and he sagged to the ground. He felt his will draining away like water out of a whole bucket. So he's in this dream, but there's also an evil presence that's like actively pulling on him, drawing him. So sure. is it just foretelling of a future or is is this dream space uh, a place where these evil forces uh, can reach out to him and talk to him and, and whatnot. So I again more questions and answers, but
0: right and he even here's that voice saying, "Serve me, serve me." It sounds familiar yeah. to him. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, that's what really killed me. Is like that part right there that you just quoted. Serve me, a voice whispered in the stillness of his mind. A familiar voice. First off, his his reaction is volatile. Like these, he has these emotions of anger and they're pushing and pulling at him he doesn't know what to do with it he doesn't know if he should embrace it or if he should be like going against it and then like he hears the voice the voice is familiar you can tell like there's a part of him that wants to kind of give but then he's just like the light consume you shaitan so he knows who it is but how does he know like where is all this coming from that he has this depth of knowledge for something that he's never encountered in his life yeah. So, sure, <clears throat> and then, like, again, they're even talking about the smell of death lay thick around them. Like, this is more than just a dream,
1: yeah. You've got all the senses
0: included, included. yep, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, like you said, he does curse shaitan and then names the dark one, and suddenly a figure shows up, um. You know, uh, kinda he of, he gets scared and throws himself off the cliff pretty much. <laughs> um <laughs> which I guess he figures he's in a dream, so he can just do that. And then instead of waking up, I mean, most of the time when people fall in their dreams, they wake up, he suddenly is in a field. Um and there's a new mountain, but this mountain's different. Um and then he notices also that there's a city with an island next to this mountain. So we might have talked about Sanctuary. We might have talked about this place before. Um from the prologue. So, so yeah. So, um, you know, he sees this, this, so, so that goes back to Are these real places? Um, Or is he just imagining these things? He's heard stories and this is what he pictures in his minds, his head. This is what kind of would look like. I don't know. I mean,
1: I don't, I mean, so you're you're asking the right questions, but uh, the truth is these are the questions that I just kept coming up with. And as, that as was reading, especially because he transitioned, you know, he falls trying to get away from this guy and he transitions from one place to another and they seem polar opposite, you know. Right. One, he has the feeling of dread and evil, and this other one, like everything just seems to be in harmony the way people talk and the music in the background and everything's harmonious and then it feels good. So long as he's walking towards the tower. And if he doesn't, people start freaking out. But anyways, walks through. So they're like polar opposite places. Right. Uh, and there, there's a message trying to be given to him. There's a lot of emotion involved, like Chris said. So
2: I was interrupting. I love the single sentence, the single word sentence, like sanctuary. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. it's
2: was like that 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 in and of itself is a quote. Like he understands like that is a safe haven. That is a zone for me to go where I will be safe. But then literally right after that one word, it's back to being nasty again. Like the light eating figure is after him again like sure. he's full of space full of terror like and that's what brings him out of his
0: sleep. Uh, But then you know well look, before he gets there he starts trying to run towards the city gets further away and then he gets into the city cause he trips and falls cuz he's running right from and then he turns every corner the tower is still there and and where it ends is he finally gets to the tower and climbs the stairs up and opens the door and some Merge will stand there and says we've been waiting for you or yeah yeah, yeah. and and then he wakes <laughs> up so
2: so it's like, is there really any safety for him? Right. So, and that's really the question. It's really, it's it's just really trippy. Sure.
1: Or like going back to your one word sentence, like sanctuary. Um, he looks at this place and he immediately feels like his instincts are to trust it. Like if I go here, I'm safe. But then at the end of this dream, Uh, open the door, bam, bad guy. Right. And so you would hope that for whatever reason he's having these dreams or visions that it's to teach him something to help him, help survive, whatever. Uh, Maybe there's a lesson in here about uh, careful chasing after false hope, you know, Um, you know, with the rose comes the thorns, something to that effect or or a warning of sorts that, you know, they're getting ready Mm -hmm. to, travel here to a place that he's been told you're going to be safe there. They can protect you. Um, we'll be able to find out what's going on once we get here. But maybe this dream is a warning that, Hey, uh, things are not going to be so good when you get there huh. or the people there are not exactly on your side. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a warning that he's getting from somewhere.
2: Yeah. And even in there, just, it just, he, you know, he said it felt so natural and then the voice came back. It is your destiny. Like, he's meant to be a part of this somehow. It's like your destiny keeps being repeated. And when he went up the stairs, he went up there, like, okay, no big deal. And then, boom, the is there. So, it's like, what is his destiny? What is, what is he really supposed to be doing with himself? Like, ah, too many questions, not any answers. Sure.
0: <laughs> So yeah, so so Rand wakes up. Um, he's still in the room with Tam. Um, everything's obviously been tidied up. People have come in. He's always been sleeping for a while, um, and and he you know notices the details. You know the food and the and and things have been moved around a little bit, um, and, and then Tam wakes up. Um, um, so uh, you know and he starts kind of recanting everything to Tam, and I really like this interaction. Uh, it's brief. But uh, you learn a lot about what Tam might know here. So, what you guys say? I take that away.
2: Well, I mean, first off, he was waiting on Rand. Like, he wasn't asleep, but he's already got his, his wit about him. He's already very conscientious about what's going on. He's already observing, you know, what has happened and he's already mulling over it. So, he's ready to have that conversation with ran it's just like what is the conversation Is the question i'm sure he didn't think it was going to be what it was but um i really do think that we get the insight that he is a whole lot
1: more than just you know the the brewer of the beer Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he tam kept the conversation uh a little casual you know asking the right questions Uh, The obvious questions, trying to get details of what happened and whatnot. But there were a couple of parts where he was very direct and I guess a little more forceful. Um, Right after Rand mentioned um, the conversation with Moran, he stops. He says for a moment, Tam lay silent before saying, tell me what she said, her exact words, mine, just as she said them. And so all of a sudden it gets really serious. So like there's parts of the conversation that Tam himself puts emphasis on, um, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit further, a little bit further down, even when he's given his advice about, you know, traveling after the, you know, Rand told him what the gleam and said, he said, you listen sharp, think deep and guard your tongue. That's good advice for any dealings beyond the two rivers. So it's a little bit casual. And then there's points where he's like very forceful in what he's trying to get across to. Sure.
0: Another thing he points out as well which I thought was a great quote was I said I don't lie but the truth is not always the truth you think it is. So, you know, just be careful and re- like listen carefully to what they say because they're not going to lie to you but it's like we've said last time, we're word, word jujitsu like they're they're not always going to tell you the truth you think it is. <laughs> you know, like, so so you have to be very careful you know listening to what they say
1: you can always omit a few key details and you're not overtly lying. You're, you know, leaving stuff out, but it completely changes the story. So they're, they're masters of it and they have a reputation for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's just as important to kind of take a step back before we even get that far. Like the story was told, Tam kind of mulled over it. He asked for more detail. He got more detail. And then he's like, all right, so when are you leaving? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, no, you can't leave. It's like, you, you can't leave until I tell you you can leave. You know, it was just like, when are you leaving? And
0: that surprises Rand. I mean, Rand's obviously surprised by that because he thought his dad would have a million reasons. He, I think he even says, I thought you'd have a million reasons to say no. And he says, well, I do have a million reasons. But if 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 they're saying that, that means you, you got to go.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, he goes, what is Rand Rand said, Rand said I thought you'd have a hundred reasons why I shouldn't go. And he realized he was hoping Tam would have a hundred reasons why and a good one. And then he comes back, maybe not a hundred, but I have uh, a few did come to mind only. They did not count for much. If Trollocs are after you, you will be safer in Tar And I'm sure I'm butchered yeah. <laughs> Then you Valon. Yeah. Sure. Um, then you could ever be here. So like he, he knows that the safety of his son and there's air quotes around that <laughs> the safety of his son is dependent on the eye die. so it's like what what do you do but tell him to leave and that also goes to that like survival warrior mentality that he has to have the more I, I, we read about him the more we learn about him mm-hmm. he's not your average joe he's like all right we're going to help you survive and then i'm just going to follow behind you and we're going to make sure you live it's like why is he so important to him i mean he is a son, but at the same time, it makes me wonder how much more he knows about Rand than sure.
1: we're let to know right now. All right. So that part where you just said he knows more about Rand than we're led to know right now. I agree with that, maybe for slightly different reasons. Like, Tam, I, I can't think of a scenario like that where as a father, even a stepdad or however you want to paint this picture now would like wouldn't try and fight it a little bit because he doesn't trust Moran. Um, he thinks, or at least gives warning about her intentions to ran. Um, and this is a pretty big journey. And Tam more than anybody knows this. And he doesn't hesitate to be like, Oh, yep. Well, I guess it's time you go. So I was almost immediately thinking that Tam again is, is not letting us know everything that he knows. Maybe from the very beginning when he traveled back there, he was told or it was foretold or prophesized that at some point Rand is going to be crucial to, you know, some big story or battle in the future. So as it's unfolding, Tam just knows, all right, can't fight it. I've done everything I could to raise him, but he has to go on this. Sure. For, for Tam, it's got to be bigger than just protecting that little village there, I think.
2: Even now to the point of like, where do you, when do you leave? Yeah. We got we can do this and we can do that and we can do the other, and then it's like hesitation. Oh, so it must be soon. When are you going? (laughs) It's
0: like, well, damn, like,
2: all right, do you really care at all?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then you know, one thing before we move on to the next scene, I I had to point this out because I know Chris asked this last episode, was like, I need to learn what a warder is, so you get a little more insight about the warders here, too. So, you know, um, uh, when Uh, Tam's warning ran, you know, be careful with land, too, because anything you say to land, you might as well just told of a rain Um, because they're a warder and they're bonded. And, you know, it talks about the stories about the bond between Aes Sedai's and their warders and how the warders get some benefits. And they're not really sure what the Aes Sedai gets out of it. But, you know, I think that's the quote it says. But uh, at least you learn a little bit about this whole this whole relationship.
2: Yeah, so the warders got all sorts of benefits according from the stories, They healed more quickly than other men and they can go longer without food, water, or sleep. Supposedly, they could sense Trolloc if they were close enough and other creatures of the Dark One too, which explained how Lan and Moran had tried to warn the village before the attack. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, you know, enhanced soldiers. You know, like battle mage, essentially. But like normally when you got a battle mage, they're individuals that like, have magical powers that are more apt at fighting. Sure, this is like an enhanced person, almost like a we'll call it a symbiotic relationship, but a mutualistic relationship where the uh, Aes Sedai gets protection by feeding the warder magic, so that the warder can fight more aptly. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and do you guys have thoughts about what this bond is? Like, how does that work? Or you know, like, what does it? Is it
2: I think it's probably like a blood bond or something. It's got to be some type of magical blood bond that I don't necessarily think that when one dies, the other would die, even though that would be, you know, a a broken link. Mm -hmm. But I think like the warder is bound to his or her, assuming that warders can be female, Aes Sedai until they've either served their purpose and are released um,
0: or they die. Sure. And we'll we'll get into uh, actually in the same chapter a couple of paragraphs that talks about a, a bond breaking, uh and, and what's in the story that Moraine tells. So uh we'll we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so um we're we're almost there. So so Lan pokes his head in and says, Come quick, um, there's trouble and Rand just like kinda hesitates and Land says, What do you what don't you understand about you know, trouble? Come on, let's let's get going. Uh, you know, and and so Rand thinks maybe something's coming up or something's going crazy so he goes downstairs in the end and they peer outside and they they kind of i think it's him and matt right there's all three of them at that point i can't remember it's, it's just random land i i don't have the book in front of me right now but um they're peering outside there's a crowd that's gathered and and moraine moraine's backs to the to the end and, it, and i picture this just like as a as like a as a very, very like a village crowd, you know, like a pitchforks and torches, like
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, they're they're getting restless, and and the more people start talking, the more brave they're trying to get in the crowd, and yep. yeah,
2: yeah, it was it was it was uh, Matt was there as well because he made the comment, "This isn't much like the stories, is it?" Rain? Sure, is yeah. It? So
1: <laughs> he's at least an earshot. I know I never mentioned yeah. land opened the door just enough for Rand to be able to look out also, but Matt's got to be close enough to hear it all. Sure. So, yeah. So, you know, the the crowd's yelling at
0: Moraine, telling her to leave, get out of here. We don't want your kind here. Um, you, you guys, just, all you do is bring us trouble. And we've heard the stories, you know, I said, I just bring trouble on their backs and, and obviously the trucks attacked us last night. And you guys are here. It has to be your fault. And, um, and, you know, I think one of them even threats to burn them out. And that's when um, the innkeeper, uh, Bran, comes in and says, It's someone threatened to burn down my inn? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's like, oh, no, no, I didn't say that. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> uh, Bran, uh, yeah, uh, we, we never said that, really. I, uh, but yeah. <clears throat>
0: uh, Eventually, you know, Bran's trying to calm down the crowd. The crowd's still going crazy. So Moraine just has... Has yeah. had enough. And she takes her staff out and rolls around like fire shoots out of the end of their staff and, and silences the whole crowd and goes into the story. So, uh,
2: is this what Eamon's blood has come to? I am so excited by this statement. I don't even know why, but I just thought, okay, she's about to let loose on them and it's about to be epic. Sure.
0: <laughs> so, we look, little people squabbling for the right to hide like rabbits. Yeah. Oh, so she mentions Eamon's blood and then she starts telling the story of Eamon and the place they're in is called Eamon's Field which over uh, you know they even mentioned how long ago this was a thousand years ago or something like that um, right or, or two thousand two thousand years ago or something like that when this happened so over time the the, the, the name slightly changed from Eamon's to Emmons, but it's the same name it's just slightly changed and, and obviously over generations and generations these people have completely forgotten this history and Moraine just schools them um like on who they are. And it's to me, like I said, like last week we were talking about how excited I was. I'm a history buff. I love this because it's just it, it's such an awesome story too. Um so
2: So please pronounce the rightful name for us. Is Manethr- it Monethrin? Medicine-
0: Menethrin. Nah. Yeah, monethrin.
2: So yeah a lot, lot. Monetherin
0: yeah.
2: Drell yeah Ma- it
0: was a D R E L. Drell is what they call now the White River but still everywhere else in the world they still call it by that name um, so other people in the world have because this is so isolated they don't really talk to anybody else other people still remember this story because it's probably taught uh, but they just completely have forgotten it um, they forgot who they are
1: yeah i'll say this as much as um i think she's up to no good and trying to manipulate folks half the time uh i got the feeling at least the way that i painted this in my head unfolding that this was real disappointment coming from her uh and maybe this is her first time visiting this area but if she's heard the stories that you know we we hear here i mean this is a fantastic battle and just epic bravery by these people and if in the back of her mind as she's traveling here she's thinking man i'm Like like you, the history buff. She's probably thinking, sweet, I'm going to see the place where these people came from. This would be awesome. And then she gets there, and it's a bunch of whiny little... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try not to my mom's around. Anyway, (laughs) um, and so after they just keep whining and they're like yelling at her and whatnot, she just snaps. But I, I felt it was pretty sincere. Like, she was just thoroughly disappointing these people. Like, you have no idea where you come from. You guys used to be badasses, and now this... Because yeah. you're gonna whine at me and do the pitchfork thing. Come on.
0: Sure. So, I mean, just to kind of recap this the story to tell. So, you have King Amen, who is the king of Menethrin, um, and this was during the Trolloc Wars, two thousand years ago, when the Trollocs were invading um, all these countries to the south. And Menethrin was known throughout the lands as the mighty, as this mighty nation of warriors. Um, I think it was uh, what was it? A uh, um, they were known as a Monethrin was a thorn. Uh, and to the dark one's foot, a bramble to their hand. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like if you're a Menethrin, you were, you were the shit. Like, uh, like, you know, you're, you're a badass warrior. Everyone respected you. And while they were out campaigning somewhere else in the world, the, 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 the Trollocs like kind of flanked them and came around to their home city, uh, you know, to invade uh, Manethrin. So they left the battle just after this giant battle. They just, so that you can imagine. I mean, this is, if you think about like greek and roman history like when you have sword and spear battles these people are exhausted they just fought this giant battle and they won and now they immediately have to march back um several days nonstop, you know back home and they beat the trollocs that are that are coming to invade and they stop north of the, of the terran river which is north of evans Field, if you look at the maps and they they hold them there and these other nations said you know, Hey, we're going to send aid. If you can just hold them for, I think it was three days or something. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll send aid. And the third day came and no one showed up. Mm-hmm. And the fourth day and the fifth day, and they hold him like 10 days when they really should have only been able to hold three and no one showed up. And then at that point, Aaron re- realized he'd been betrayed that no one was coming to help at all. Like uh, they just had lied to him and they, and they were just so, so they eventually got pushed back. Um, uh and rather than everyone evacuating, some of the of course the women and children evacuated, and that's what these people are, they're descendants of those people that did evacuate. But even the old and some of the young, instead of evacuating, they came to join the fight. 'cause so they're like, you know, we're fighting for a homeland. Talk about that backbone. Um, you yeah. know, um, and they came down and, and no one lived. I mean, it says everyone died that, that went to go battle that day. There's no one left. Um and when the bond between Eamon and um uh, I write down her name. Um, where is it on my notes? Uh, Eldarion, yeah, Eldarion, the queen, and she was. And so it doesn't actually say this, but it says she drew the one power. So she was Aes Sedai as well. Um, yeah, she she could. Yeah, that's what I guess. Yeah, she could wield the one power, and I'm I'm guessing she bonded Amen, and her husband as a warder. Um, um, and when he died, she felt that she felt his death, and immediately drew in more of the one power than. Then did anyone could ever hold it like melted the city and just destroy the entire Trolloc army and everything in its path. I mean, just destroy the entire nation, like wiped it off the face of there.
1: <laughs> like yeah, you know, so no. I, I highlighted this line and it just, it stood out to me um, right afterwards. She said, driven by grief, she reached out to the true source and hurled the one power at the Trolloc army. And there the dread Lords died wherever they stood, whether in their secret councils or exhorting their soldiers the passing of a breath the dread lords and the generals of the dark ones host burst into flame fire consumed their bodies and terror consumed their just victorious army so it, it wasn't <laughs> this like little simple act of rage uh, this was i mean wait well, it gives us a hint to the the power of you know tapping into the one power and we saw that in the prologue too but i mean this army that had just decimated the countryside and everything in, in a snap of a finger just got annihilated. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's pretty potent. Right.
0: And she melted the entire city. Like, I mean, the city was gone. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> and clean herself. She yeah. killed herself in the process too, but
1: yeah, too much for her to, to handle, but mm-hmm. so thoughts. Let's, about... hope, let's hope land doesn't die. <laughs> 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 Shit's <been a> metal.
0: <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah, um it's pretty crazy i i mean I love this story um uh, it's, it's it's kind of a, one of these epic battles. battling of course, this is history, but uh any more thoughts about that before we move on or about the the story of Mantherin
2: no, if you're not reading the book and you're just following our podcast, too damn bad. You need to go and read.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a couple of pages can... too much for us to read out loud here. But that's a really good two, three pages of awesome storytelling. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so she gets done with the story and kind of just calms back down, and like you can tell the people like that had now been trying to push her out are were, were just ashamed of themselves, like even though. Like, half of them don't even believe the story per se. Like, I don't know if your story's true or not, but you did heal my boy, and you can stay if you want. You know, like, it's, uh, you know, they they definitely uh, sheepishly uh, sort apologizing to her and say, you know, like, we're, we're sorry for trying to force you out.
1: <laughs> well, how else are they going to respond? I mean, what are you going to say? I don't care. That was then. This is now. We're wusses. Get out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess they could have done that, but they, but they didn't. Like you sure. said, they kind of took tail, and they were like, oh, well, yeah, my bad. They
2: also just watched fire you <laughs> out
1: of her staff
2: for, like, the entire story. Sure. Like, so, yeah. yeah, I'm going home.
0: You're good. <laughs> See you later. Deuces. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to mess with that. Um, yeah, so, so the crowd disperses, and, and uh, you know, this chapter ends um, with, with Land pulling Rand back inside and out the back to the stable. Um, you know saying we've got to leave now so I know uh, you know kind of race through this one um, like I said there's a lot that just goes into the couple things that I, I missed over so they had a banner of the dark one during this telling and I don't know if you caught the name of the of the what they called the banner is Balzaman um, yep. uh,
2: Balsamon, heart of the dark an
0: ancient name for the father, father of lies. Mm-hmm. so that was I really like that description. Sure. It's, it's funny. Uh, I, I was listening to another podcast today. They're talking about how, uh, comparing Wheel of time to game of Thrones, And, you know, we talk about Daenerys, you know, queen of, 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 <laughs> of Westeros, you know, the, the, you know, whatever her long title is like it's every, winning titles. Yeah. It's, the, the million titles that she has, um, um, that that sometimes at will. of time they have characters like that too. Where it's like goes on and on with like <laughs> a titles. Like the more titles you have, the more important you are, right? So,
1: <laughs> all right. So next next episode, when we do introductions, Chris, you and I have to come up with unique, personalized introductions. Like Ian, <laughs> user of phone charger, <laughs> misplacer <mid-layer> of wallet, <laughs> drinker of whiskey. you know? Yeah, so we'll, we'll see who can outdo one another. There you go.
2: <laughs> mm. uh We need feedback from our listeners. So they have to help us come up with one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a challenge for our listeners: the person that comes up with the best title for each of us will get something. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> don't know what it is yet, and, uh, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. So before we move on to the, uh, our next chapter, any thoughts or closing things for this chapter? I mean, I know we had it's kind of like two parts. This chapter, you have the dream sequence, and then you have the story of Anethrin, and there are two distinct, separate things that happen. So, as either one, anything that you guys uh, thoughts, or predictions, or anything that kind of put, that we didn't cover that that you know, you think of. I love
2: the 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 definitive statement. Weep for what is lost forever, because it's like the wheel mm-hmm. weaves and it continues to kind of come back to itself. It's like, why is this particular moment in time done for? Like, what makes it so special? Like, who's to say these people won't come back and do something awesome? Sure. I mean, their descendants are about to go on this journey with I said I. Let's let's hope that maybe they're of some importance and maybe. Eamon's blood has some real relevance. I mean, sure. And then, Oh, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'll save this next statement
1: for the next go around. Let's continue. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll add this. Um, it, it just briefly crossed my mind while reading, but it, it's jumping out now that y'all are talking about it where she talks about, you know, the hope that there would be, you know, something left from, uh, that great group of people left in here, um, that had made it through the generations, but the one character that like I feel like maybe it did was Matt because Matt Matt's a honey badger. Matt don't care about nothing. He's an <laughs> instigator, getting in trouble. Somebody's like, "Let's journey." He's like, "Yeah, bro, let's journey." They're like, but we're gonna journey someplace like super dangerous. He's like, "Yeah, bro, I'm going." Like, he's just he's all in or whatever. So. Uh, he's, he's got a little bit of, that. it might be stupidity. I don't know, but it could be courage. Uh, They're kind of defined the same way, but yeah. So I think, so so, so Avin's blood is strong and (laughs) Matt. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's my next prediction. Sure. All right. That's awesome. Um, anything else from this chapter?
1: Nope. Not for me. No, it was a fun one though.
0: All right. So moving on to chapter 10, uh, leave taking, um, uh, so, we're going to start like always with the symbol. It's the staff again. So, um, any thoughts on that? Um, you know, obviously, it's a, another recurring symbol. Uh, we don't have new symbols right now, but um, I think the last time, it's like only two chapters ago, last time it was used.
2: I think it's just a nod to the show that she just gave. Like, just a reminder that. Uh... Our i said i are
1: badass and <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah we, we've transitioned back to the moran show like other stuff has yeah. happened but now now she's gonna tell us a little something sure Keep taking charge so yeah so let's
0: go right to the, the chapter so uh leave taking so it starts um um, in the stable, and Lance asking Perrin, "Hey, did you check the stable?" So while all this stuff was going on, I guess Perrin was in the stable getting everything ready for everybody. Um, and Lance told him to to check the stable to make sure no one else was there. Um, uh, and then goes through who all the horses are for each. Um, and, and and Matt starts to joke about Rand's sword and Perrin's axe. So I guess we'll start there.
2: <laughs> well, I'd like to back up really quickly. I think this is a really neat. Neat statement. uh Care and a long life go together.
0: Mm.
2: Like I, that I highlighted, highlighted that. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think it's kind of just another like nod to the next. But uh, how many books do we have to go through? Fifteen books or whatever. There's fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, so uh, he, you, you. hopefully you live a very careful life because we got 15 books that we hopefully get to see our, our blacksmith friend be a part of. But sure. um, let's see if he takes any
0: advice. We learn very quickly he's not very good at it, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, so the great quote. And Len has some great quotes. I mean, he's that stoic, hardly any emotion character. I mean, I think you've guys gathered that so far. Like he's – to see Lan's smile is like, what? (laughs) Like something's wrong? (laughs) Like uh, he's just very, very serious all the time. Like overly so. Um,
1: I'll say that. uh, And we'll touch on it a couple times in this chapter. There's little one-liners that he gives that were surprising to me and are kind of making me warm up to Lan a little bit more. Like you said, he's the stoic guy. He's the warrior he is way more of a badass when it comes to fighting than any of these, like, you can put a dozen of the men from that village together, and he's way better than that. And mm-hmm. I don't get the impression that he cares or wants to spend time training these boys or teaching them anything. And yet, when he has an opportunity to give a little tidbit of wisdom, even if it's a bit sarcastic and snide, like, he still gives it. Like, he, he feels the need to give them a heads up on things. So I, I'm starting to like him. Sure. So yeah, bef- before we get into more tidbits from Land. So
0: Matt Matt starts to make fun of Rand and Parad, you know, says you know, Matt So
2: Matt notices sort of Rand's ways and said that you become an awarder. <laughs> Which, <laughs> so that bring, uh we're not where I want to be at this point in the chapter, but I think that may be a thing. Or he's he's got a sword and he's already made his first kill and he's got this heightened sense like why not go ahead and give him powers on top of that that would be just pretty awesome sure oh that'd be cool
0: and then uh you know he notices parents shifting trying to hide what he has and um i love the description of parent's axe cuz um I, although i haven't the tv show hasn't come out yet so i'm really curious how they're going to do this in the tv show but in my mind's eye this axe, axe looks badass like something like something out of like final fantasy or something like that like a... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he says it's a broad half moon blade, one side of the head and a carved spike on the other. Made it every bit as strange to the two rivers as ran sword, but yeah, it's uh and I also pictured it just way too big for this kid at this point. Sure. Oh yeah. So it's something he has to grow into. Sure. it's a broad
2: half moon blade, like that is so like it was a spike on the end, like
0: I I have one like that. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Our blade master, Chris has, has, has parents. I, I have
2: a battle. axe. There's actually a video of me on Facebook, destroying a watermelon on Christmas
1: day. <laughs> two years ago. Field trip <laughs> sure. to Chris's place. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So, um, so, you know, then they go into, you know, I think uh, one of them asked, what do the Trollocs want with us? Before Land can even answer, Moraine shows up. Um, and comes in and and um and, and they're also talking about right when Rain walks in they're talking about how I guess uh, Rand had talked to his dad and gets kind of caught and then it's like you told someone I told you not to tell anybody and and the other two are like we just left notes we just left notes like you told us we didn't tell anybody you know <laughs> um, you know stumbling out of themselves to say like no no we listened to you and, and Rand's like well, he's my dad what am I supposed to do like not tell him that I'm leaving like no I'm gonna tell him like. Um, so, you can always already tell like just this interaction, I don't know what you guys think about it, but like Rand's being more defiant than the other ones,
2: yeah, okay. definitely Rand is his own man, and it is what it is, <laughs> but it sure. also like shows uh the the concern that there is about this secret mission, essentially, I mean, Moran didn't want anybody to know. And I think part of that is for, of course, the protection of the people. And then, of course, for herself, I think the other part is the fear that somebody will come to one of the boys and be like, you know what, here's the secret or here's why they really want you. Like, we need to get you back. We need to get you out of here. Like, because that's what his father ultimately wants to do. Like, he wants to join him, protect him and potentially take him back. So
1: sure. All right, I know we do this. Chris does it often, so I'm going to take some liberties here. I've, I've got to jump back and we're going to slightly uh, shift topic and then I'll come answer your question. Uh, but one of the points that I highlighted where I was talking about how Lan is kind of giving tidbits to the boys, and I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the boys are looking at their weapons and this, that, and the other, and, and talking about the sword, the axe, and whatnot, um, Lan chimes in and says, That bow is a real weapon. And then he mm-hmm. said, You still the slings I've seen you village boys with. Just because you never use them for anything but hunting rabbits or chasing a wolf away from the sheep makes no difference. Anything can be a weapon if the man or woman who holds it has the nerve and the will to make it so. And I think this is important because Lan has an understanding of what they're getting into. And mm-hmm. uh, I wrote a note in there uh, underneath. I wrote, stick to what you know. Um, if, if they were to go out of the town right now and run into some trollocs, should these boys be slinging around weapons that they're completely unfamiliar with? Well, that might be more dangerous to them at this point. So Land's given some, like, legit good information. Be like, hey, man, if you got to pick up a sling and hurl a rock at this guy, like, you do it. I mean, whatever you're good at, that's what you use. So sure, that, that stood out to me, this this badass Land guy, like, actually reaching out and trying to help these these boys and give them some confidence that they can actually do this task that they're getting into.
2: you're good I was just going to say like I I too highlighted that portion when you're reading the online version the um, most often quoted or highlighted sections of a book is normally underlined and so the anything can be a weapon and then nerve and will to make it so is underlined already before I even highlighted it because that's one of the favorite quotes in this book and it really does just go to show that you know the, the shaping of these boys are going to be within their ability to really have nerve and will. So I'm
0: excited to see what's going to happen next. Sure. So, well, what happens next is Egwene shows up. Um, she, she walks in with a bundle and everything like that. Len almost takes his sword out because someone comes in. And obviously everyone's upset. Like, who else did you guys tell? You know, like, uh, you know, have you let the whole village know we're going? Like, you're supposed to keep this a secret. No one's supposed to know you're going. And Egwene immediately cuts him off, saying, "Like, no, they didn't tell me. I just could, you know, it was obvious. You know, they're they're sneaking around, trying to act all sneaky. They don't do that. So, like, I'm just watching them. Like, yeah, okay, they're leaving. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm going with them because I want to see the world too. Like, just so. So this is where my
2: my next like thought comes in. Like Egwene wanted to be a wisdom, but I'm thinking maybe she becomes eye to die. Huh. Like I because yeah, like I, I think that maybe the wisdoms and the eyes to eye power come in from the same source. Okay. They're just honed differently. And so if you're used to tapping the, to the source one way. But then you get a taste of tapping into the source another way. And maybe there's a pivotal point that, you know, if you stay in your village and you're just learning it to heal people, then you're going to become a wisdom. But if you're out and about and you're learning the other way of using that power and you're using it more for for battle and for purpose self, so more or less selfishness, then you become the Aes Sedai because really you can have the same power but just different uses. Like, that's that whole concept of, like, the, the duality of of nature or the, or the duality of, of godlyship. Um I'm reading a book by C.S. Lewis right now called Mere Christianity. And, yeah, love he, it. like, the first 10 chapters of this book isn't even talking about Christianity. We're talking about religion as a whole or religions and the plurality. And there's just this whole concept that... You know, maybe there is no good or bad, there just is. And that goes to that whole idea of just power just being power. And it's how you manipulate it that makes it what it is or how you become who you are. So I'm thinking maybe she becomes Aes Sedai and maybe she, you know, hooks up with Rand and then we okay. get our water. I mean, I, I could be completely okay. off. Maybe I'm partially right, but
1: there's a thought. <laughs> sure i'm glad i'm glad you said that i was going to challenge you uh if to go all out if she's going go to go eyes to die who do you think her warder's is going to be so you're saying rand if that ends up being true whenever it is steak dinner on me my friend you <laughs> <laughs> gotta get both sides right
0: <laughs> all right all right so we got we got a first bet <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so um so, uh, you know, Egwene says she's coming and Lan kind of looks at Moraine, Moraine and is like, are you going to let this happen? And she just turns to Lan and is like, it's part of the pattern. And he's just like shocked. He's like, what? He's obviously upset um, that Moraine is like, yeah, it's part of the pattern now. She has to come. And you'll hear that over and over again. It's part of the pattern now. It's it. it this is just how it has to happen. Uh, and I think that's just an important line. So I wanted to see what you guys thought of that, 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 that that phrase
2: well i think first off she's got the blood of uh, Eldrin in her um okay I'm talking about it, and as far as that um it's part of the pattern uh i really drew to that too like i have that highlighted because it goes to show how there's this idea of you know the wheel weave we're going to go back to mm-hmm. that and so now it's part of fate it's part of destiny she's a part of the crew it's supposed to be, so it's gonna be. Sure.
1: Yeah, I, I got the feeling that as soon as she showed up, maybe even before then, maybe um, Moraine had an idea that she'd be joining along. But when she first showed up, they're in a rush, and instead of like immediately grilling her, she just kind of lets the conversation plan uh, play out. And Rand is the one asking her, like, "How did you find out this, that, and the other?" But as soon as Moran finds out. Okay this is how you found out let me grill her real quick about is there any way anybody else noticed other than that she just kind of cuts off the conversations all right that's it she's coming mm-hmm. um, so she didn't put she didn't put up much fight to it it's just like well she's here she's coming along uh, our covers not been blown um, moving right along you know sure. so sure and
2: then the glee man pops up
0: <laughs> right <laughs> So yep. wait, before before we get there, you know, Lane says, we need another horse now because we, we, but I guess the Gleeman's horse will do. And you hear Tom, that's not going to be possible. Uh, and, he, and immediately now, now this time, whereas land, I was pulled a sword out. His sword goes completely out and it doesn't go back in. Cause from previous chapters, yeah. land talks about how he doesn't trust Tom at all. He doesn't like Tom. He even said that the last, I think it was the last two chapters, two chapters ago. Um, and one thing I want to point out too, which I just love this fact, is if you guys remember that interaction when when Rand was talking about how he didn't like Tom, and Rand made the comment, said, "I don't care if he was hiding in the stables during the attack." Robert Jordan just foreshadowed, like, like, like. I just love the fact that that was. Ooh, I didn't even connect it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Rand said that like two chapters ago. That yeah. I don't care. If, I don't care if Tom was even hide- was hiding the stables during the attack. Like. I don't think he's a bad guy. I mean, he could just been hiding in the stables. Uh, and there he's now he's hiding in the stables. Like <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's <laughs> clearly his favorite place to be.
0: Well, yeah. So, but, but just that that's Robert Jordan's force. Like there's foreshadowing everywhere in this book. So like the smallest little thing, like line that you just would brush over a few chapters later, it was foreshadow. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just wanted to point that out, but well, you
2: get more of it as we go along. So, Mm-hmm. I think it's really funny yeah. how Moraine takes that official tone with uh, with our, our gleeman and calls him Master Marilyn and uh, and I'm probably mispronounced that too <laughs> but of course like you said, Land really does not like him he's like, is this part of the pattern too? and so yeah. everything is part of the pattern, my old friend we cannot pick and choose but we shall see So like now she goes from an active participant to an observer of
0: this pattern. So Mm -hmm. I want to, I really want to know what her part of the pattern is. Sure. So before we get there, what are your thoughts about the gleaming coming now? Like, what do you think about him? What do you think about maybe his
1: intentions or like, uh, do you guys have theories about Tom? I don't know exactly what his intentions are the same way. I don't know exactly what, uh, Moraine and Land's intentions are but I do get the feeling that their two plans are in conflict uh, and that's why like there's this awkward distrust between Lan and the Gleeman so um, yeah she's okay with him coming along and she does the double check are you sure there's Trollocs okay fine let's go but at the same time their their ultimate goals are, are going to be conflicting I believe
0: Chris, you got anything? Or well, no, I was just
2: I I, I like what Ian said, so I was really just reflecting on all of that, um, and you know, it's just one of those things where the gleeman clearly is looking for advantageous situations for himself, but then you can tell there's just a little bit more to it than what he's letting on.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I just he he again, I want to go back to maybe he's like. A different type of mage and he's got the best in mind for this little crew now you know he kind of reminds me of the Gandalf type character he's kind of like the wandering wizard who becomes vital to everybody's survival when the need really comes Sure. Um, so you know I really hope that for him because I like him as a character Um, but we will see he's clearly somewhat of a coward since every time we find him he's in the stable, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. So,
2: his reasoning, he's like, if it's not too dangerous for the girl, it can't be too dangerous for me. The fact right. that Gleeman would not want to face a little danger to perform in Tar Milan. Like he, he he clearly wants to head there. His real purpose we don't know,
0: but he feels like he's safest right where he's at. Sure. Exactly. So uh, moving on, so, you know, of course, then you find a horse still. I think it's Rand suggests, uh, you know, she could ride Bella. Um, so, Bella gets to
1: come. Yay. Bella the horse. Uh, so, nice, <laughs> rejoicing. Yeah. You um, don't have to use coconuts for the last rider. They're going to have an actual horse.
0: <laughs> 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 nice. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and Rand also tries to talk Gwen out of coming. Like, hey, you know, the Trollocs are after us, and she just kind of laughs. Like, they're after you? Come on. Like, there's mindless creatures. They're not after you. Like she, she's the most completely clueless person in this entire. I think everyone else has a pretty good understanding of what they're about to get themselves into. She just thinks this is going to be a fun adventure. Like I just get the idea that she has. She's the naive little, you know, village girl that has no idea what she's getting herself into.
2: <laughs> yeah, we know exactly. Like she, he, he makes a statement. I think you should. I still think you shouldn't come. And I wasn't making enough about the trollocs, but I promise I will take care of you. And she says, "Perhaps I'll take care of you." She replied, she replied lightly. At his exasperated look, she smiled and bent down to smooth his hair. I know you'll look after me, Ray. We will look after each other. But now you had better look after on your horse. Like there's that little relationship link. Like she's not gonna let him go anywhere that she herself isn't gonna go. She feels super protected by him. So she's comfortable in, with the situation. Um, sure. So she doesn't know the severity of it all.
1: Sure. Yeah, And they don't say it, but I think Rand is actually glad in some way that she's coming. It brings him some sort of comfort because he didn't put up that much of a fight. I mean, I know he tried to talk her out right of it a couple of times, but again, I I, I try to put myself in those shoes. Uh, and if I really didn't want her to go, I, I'd put up like a bigger stink than yeah, that. Yeah, he'll and- be
2: getting laid by the middle of the book, too.
1: yeah Yeah, and I actually so I like her confidence even though there's a lot of ignorance sprinkled in there because there's no way she can know what she's getting into sometimes when you're facing the impossible like this you just gotta strut your stuff and be the be the biggest cock of the walk and go out there and do it and that's that's her she she doesn't care she's fully confident and ready to go so there, there can be advantages to that so sure
0: um. So, one thing I did highlight as well is they um. um I try to get to the next. So, I guess next scene they they start leaving, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So they start driving. They start. They leave the inn. And they're they're heading north towards Tarn Ferry. Um. I well, know when that first they
2: get on the road. I think there's a little comical moment. It says an owl hooted in the night or in the night outside, and the village people jump before they realize what it was. Like, I love the way he all of a sudden switches from like naming everybody and talking about the crew. And then all of a sudden he divides them like they're the village people. Like, clearly they're completely out of their element. They're already kind of devalued a little bit by that statement in my mind. I'm like, well, damn, they went from being like potential saviors of the world or, you know, the chosen ones to the village
1: people. (laughs) And then, then yeah. And then, like right in, right after that, my boy Lan again sprinkling some good information um, that I'm I'm assuming. I mean, this has got to be valuable down the road about wolves and dogs and Trollocs. And sure, he would, he would much prefer that he heard wolves because if he heard the wolves, Trollocs wouldn't be around. They don't they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, they may not immediately play into this, but that's something that could pop up. The way this guy writes, this could pop up in two more books about there's wolves howling then all of a sudden they're gone and then rands could be like oh shit trials are coming."
0: yeah you know? sure so, yeah. or they Rand get some
2: them awesome them. wolves like in game of thrones
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: get some dire wolves in the situation that would be freaking <laughs> awesome wolves yep. the size of horses yeah. <laughs> they ride into the night that would be so sweet
0: maybe maybe <laughs> um so yeah, so they're heading towards Tarn Ferry. They're avoiding the patrols because Lance is badass, and these patrols have our village folk, and they really have no idea what they're doing. I think he even mentions like <laughs> like if these guys actually yeah. ran the trollocs, they'd be for breakfast for all. Like <laughs> these village people have no idea what they're doing trying to guard this
1: this place. And they're um, loud and clumsy, and they're not very stealthy at all.
0: Sure, and so Lance easily able to just kind of move them around these these patrols that are going around um, as they go north and. And, you know, they finally get out of the village and they're on kind of this, you know, I guess, I'm guessing it would be like open plains or, you know, type of field. And, and Rand looks up and sees something that looks like a bat, but it's... For a bat to
2: seem so large, it would have to have to be almost within arm's reach. He tried to judge it in his mind how far away it must be and how big. The body of it had to be as large as a man and the wings. It crossed the face of the moon again wheeling suddenly downward to be engulfed by the night.
0: Sure. So, and, and Rand, you know, Rand tells Land, he says, I think I just saw something up there. And Land merely names it Oh, uh, That's it's pronounced drakar
2: War that right. ended the age of legend. legend worse of, yes. than Trollocs and Half-Man were created. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yes. boom, Moraine's head jerked towards him as he spoke. Not even the dark could hide the sharpness of her look. Like that just shows you her power. That was over Tom. Cause he's uh mm-hmm. Maryland. He's the one that made the statement, our gleeman. And sure. Okay. Like boom. Instantly he shed his, his mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we've, we've heard of Trollocs. We've seen one, we've heard of merge all. We've technically seen the dark rider. We've seen merge all, but now we're saying there's worse than that. And now they're obviously being hunted. Um, So,
1: uh, this is where this is where. Yeah, go ahead. I know a little bit about military strategy, but once you dominate the airspace, uh, you've won. And even if your airspace is uh, just a being like this that can gather intel, um, that puts everybody else at a severe disadvantage. So I I think Moraine brushes it off a little too simply. Uh, I get the feeling, you know, first her comment. Uh, once he says Drakkar. Moraine says, yes, it's too much to hope otherwise. And if the drill has a drag car at his command, and it will soon know where we are. And she's just not very, there's not a lot of emotion in it. She's just, matter of fact, like, yeah, there it is. But then when Tom makes his comment and her head jerks around and it says not the dark, or not even the dark could hide the sharpness of her look. I feel like she knows it's extremely dangerous, but she's trying to sell it to these kids still and convince them to not turn around and run home. Um, and that's one of the last notes I put, you know, there was space in this page. The, the big thing I got was land's a cool guy. He's very direct, giving some life saving advice. But Moraine is kind of hiding or covering up the danger they're getting into. Um, and my guess is just to help ensure that they come along.
2: Yeah, sure. my other thought is, is, we don't know where this thing went. they no, didn't go back to like finish off what the others started in the town. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So we might find out that Edmonds Field is like no more, or maybe like a lot of people get their asses handed to them again, but some of them escape and
1: they end up trailing behind three books later. Like sure. Well that thought press that thought process might be why Moraine is so intent on hiding the danger from them or trying to keep them from thinking about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a mile away from town, they see that. Uh, you know, they might be. Might be tempted if they understood the danger to go back home and try and help them still, but she my just thought. seems to make it seem like no big deal. Hey, let's keep going.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, it ends with them galloping north. So obviously they start moving faster, um, and that's the the end of this chapter. And one thing I do want to point out: if let's go all the way back to the cover again, uh, the cover art. This is the scene from the cover. So you yeah, have I was
2: about to say that you took it out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there actually is a dark shape if you look right below the eye of the world that's next to the moon that's flying and then it's the the riders so
1: um um it's it's actually this this is the scene um that you're right. about. i'm gonna i'm to have to google it again when we uh, get off because sure, sure. Man, you can... i have the different cover
0: sure but uh but yeah so you can google it again when you get off but uh, yeah this is the scene from it so um, I don't have my dog squeaky toy right now but I guess we could squeak, if... <laughs> oh, <laughs> squeak squeaky squeak, squeaky squeaky <laughs> squeaky so yeah um...
2: a very appropriate place for it and so that...
1: who's the squeaker girl
0: that that's that's Moraine <laughs> is it Moraine okay yeah I didn't Moraine. know if those
1: were yeah. like when like, yeah. yeah
0: that's Moraine Um squeak, squeak. Uh, on on Aldeba her horse and Mandarb Land's horse I think yeah. They, they yeah um all right, so that's the end of this chapter. Um and that's the end of this or you know, that's all we're covering tonight. Um a little shorter, we did two really long episodes, so I wanted to uh, uh you know, every once in a while give a breather also for our listeners. I know sometimes our episodes can go a little long. Um so um that way they can, you know, maybe listen to it. One lunch break versus two uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or one compute mm-hmm. versus five. Um sure. So uh any more thoughts about you know both these chapters are you know stuff we covered tonight um before we kind of just do some housekeeping and move on.
1: No, ready to move on. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it was about the, the last three that we did that kind of had me trailing off an in interest. Uh but like I said, he picked me right back up with these two chapters. The the dream sequence uh that got that got me fired up and and finally seeing who's I mean, it might change soon, but who's actually joining this fellowship and uh, getting on the road together. We got our our cast of characters, so I'm excited. Sure.
0: Sounds good. So next week um, we're going to do three chapters again. Chapters 11, 12, and 13. Yeah. Um, So that's the road, the Tarn Ferry, across the Tarn, and Choices. So um, three chapters. And that will get us firmly, of course, if you can't guess by ch- chapter titles, out of the two rivers because we go across the terrain. Um, <laughs> spoiler! <laughs> uh, I, I Well, we, we looked at the map already. We did that in the very beginning. So I don't think that's too spoilery. Um, and as far as anything else goes, everything else goes, um, You know, uh, we're going to go and wrap it up right now. So uh, we can be found on social media um, or at, at the Wheelreads. Um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we do have a Discord server. There's a link below um, on the episode you're, you're, you're listening to. Click on that. That's an invite that gets you automatically into the channel. Um, you'll get a nice little welcome message. Um, they change every time, kind of little funny quips. Um, and, uh, and I can speak for everybody else. We'll welcome you with open arms and would really just enjoy the conversation that we are having on there. and Enjoy you guys in that conversation as well. Uh, we have lots of channels within that server. So all sorts of different topics that you can talk about, you can talk about this episode. You can talk about other stuff that's spoilers if you've read it before. And there's a whole section that Ian and Chris aren't allowed to look at. And then we have also just fun, other topics like video games or our TVs and movie shows you guys are watching. Um, if anybody that joins that wants to add more, I'm open to that too. So it's, it's, a fun way to interact with us. Um, we also have the Patreon as well. If you feel so inclined to, to, to donate and give, um, to our cause, but you do get extra stuff for that too. Uh, and, and The more we have, the more stuff we'll give. Um, and also email is, is uh, our email address is at gmail.com. So uh, I can be contacted there as well um, if you guys have suggestions or, or anything like that. Um, the final thing is, whatever service you're listening on, we are on a lot of different, different uh, services, uh, whether it's Apple uh, Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Podbean or, Overcast, there's a bunch of them. Um, the, what would mean the world to us is if you if you you know rate or like us, subscribe, uh, write a review. If that's uh, whatever platform you're, you're watching or listening to us on, um, that helps boost us up um, in recommendations. Um, you know, uh, whether it's uh, whatever service it is that you do listen to us on, um, and greatly appreciate. it. Hopefully, good review, but you know, any traction like that does does help. Uh, more than just listening. Um, with that, I think that's all I have for now. Do um, you guys have anything else you guys want to add? Find me an Indian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need someone from in, India. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, the country of India, uh, we, we will welcome them with open arms. Um um, technically the largest English speaking population in the world, even though a lot of them do speak Hindi as well. It's the different dialects. Um, because it was an English colony, almost uh, a very, very large percentage of Indians speak English. So hey. because our podcast is in English, um, you, yeah, know, that's, uh, you should be able to find one uh, <laughs> <let's do it. laughs> um, out, of, out of the, out of the billion people that live there. So um, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, until next time until next time peace thank you for listening to the wheel of reads see y'all next time